My sister, Lori Vallow, murdered her children, Tylee and JJ, and buried them in a pet cemetery. And we're all trying to make sense of it. So let's talk about it. And welcome to our first podcast. And before we even get into it, before we even tell you who we are and what this is about, let me tell you the first silver lining that we want to come out of this. Yeah. It's a horrific tragedy. But the first silver lining came to me when I went up to sit through Lori Vallow's trial for three days. I took three of my daughters, I went with three of my daughters. And the first thing I experienced, well, the first thing I experienced walking into the courtroom was it was very small and Lori was right there. Yeah. First time I'd faced her in five, five years. More on that another time. Um, but I was so impressed that there were so many people having to put this on. And I, as I sat there and I noticed a staff of just to run the court, it took seven, seven to ten people just to run that. Then there's, of course, the defense team and the prosecution team, not only the lawyers sitting up there, but also they had people um, out uh, in the benches behind them. And then there are the, the jurors. They had 18 of them, mm -hmm. 12 and six alternates. Um, it was a lot of people. And the more I sat there, I realized, well, there are all, also all of the law enforcement people. Oh, my goodness, what a tremendous group. I was sitting right uh, behind Detective Ray Hermosillo, and he kind of became the face of the army of law enforcement people that have been involved in this case. Mm -hmm. And then I walked outside, and there are so many media people taking this story to so many people. Mm -hmm. And I didn't got to do a few interviews, Nate Eaton and, and others, um, and the comments on those interviews were from all over the world. There are millions of people engaged in this story. And as I considered that, I was overcome with, with gratitude for all these people. And it dawned on me that we are all united. This was a real silver lining to me. These millions of people, we all want the same thing. We all want justice for Tylee and JJ and Charles and Tammy and any other victims. And we don't care what each other's politics are. We don't care what each other's stance on the issues of the day are. And I even um, had this, this moment with media several times where I said, think of all the other stories you send out that divide us. This unites us. We all want the same thing. Mm -hmm. We're all together. And so that's my first silver lining is that we are just, this is something that can unite all of us. And people are so generous with their comments, with their feedback. And we'll take any comments and feedback, won't we, Adam? We, we will, <laughs> for sure. Well, um, the reason that we're doing this podcast, by the way, my name is Adam Cox. I am Lori Vallow's brother. Um, this is Uncle Rex, and Uncle Rex has been a big part of this uh, since the day one of, of helping. At least I know he's helped me more than anybody in my family as far as all the things that have gone on, and we'll get into everything as we go through this podcast. But we wanted to introduce us, introduce this podcast. The reason that we're doing this podcast is for the, the things that Rex just mentioned. There are millions of people that are affected by decisions of a few people 
which the ripple effect has gone worldwide. Mm-hmm. And we're all struggling with it. Some of us struggle differently. Some of us struggle more. Some of us um, have all kinds of ways that they try to deal with what has happened. And I think that's the main reason Rex and I wanted to do this podcast is to provide some silver linings for all the different things that we're experiencing because of this. We are. Je- we don't know how to act. We aren't going to suggest to people how they should respond to this. All responses are welcome because we're all on the same team. Right. I know a few of the comments from the little media I did would would they said things like, "Well, his demeanor isn't appropriate for talking about this." That's a valid comment. We'll take all comments. I don't know what the right demeanor is. Do you? No. the The thing about you know. If you've ever been through a tragedy or a family tragedy or whatever it is, I think everybody handles it differently. It doesn't mean you feel different than somebody else because you handle it differently. I know there's people that have never cried. I've talked to people, several people that have never cried. They said they've never cried in their life. They laugh at things. That's how they get through things. Or some people just do nothing but cry. Or some people are just upset. Or, you know, whatever the emotions are. We don't know how to, like, our emotions, how to control them, how to use them. We may cry in this podcast. We may not. We may laugh in this podcast. We may not. Um, We may um, talk about things that you may not agree with or like or whatever it is. We're not doing it to do anything but to try to help everybody who has been associated with this particular case, with your emotional state, with all the things that we're all going through. And in fact, in our family, humor is predominant. And so we do make fun of certain things. And with this tragedy, we have developed kind of a dark sense of humor inside the family. I hope none of it slips out in the podcast, but it might. Yeah. So if you hear us see us smiling or hear us smiling or laughing about something that's inappropriate, sorry, because we don't know. We just don't know how to handle this right. completely. So fair warning on that one. Yeah. So anyways, we're, we want, we're doing this for a reason. And so hopefully uh, you guys will come along the ride and maybe learn some things you didn't know about this case or learn some things about uh, some of the people that are involved in this case, um, things that have happened to us during this case and um, bring light to things. And hopefully you'll see silver linings and maybe you'll find some silver linings that we don't even know or have thought of yet. And we would appreciate any comments or any response or things that you may want to know about this case that we can help you with. This is what we're doing it for. And we're doing 10, we're planning 10 podcasts. We can give them the title for some of them. Adam will do that next, but um, the rest of them, we want to customize them for the people that are listening and participating. So please give us comments, feedback, yeah. and we'll take all feedback. If you don't like the fact that um, we smirk at the wrong times or chew gum, whatever it is, we'll take it. Yeah. We'll take all feedback and topics you want to hear from us that might uh, might help you. So just before we get to the, five, the six different topics that we're going to talk about, I just want to real start with Lori. Lori Vallow, my sister, um, she made a huge change in her life, made a bunch of decisions and consequences have now followed from all of them. Um, where did this come from? 
and you, I hear it from everybody. Has, was Lori always crazy? Was Lori psycho? Was Lori, you know, how could she do this? Was she a terrible person? All that? like, there's so many things to get to, and we're, we are going to try to address everything in this podcast. But what I can say is there was a time in Lori's life where she wanted to make a change in her life, and she was wanted to be more spiritual, and she wanted to be more important, and she wanted to... I guess, get attention as well. There's probably several things that all went into this. And as she was making this transition of doing all these things, trying to predict into the world and reading podcasts and saying that she can, you know, talk to spirits from the other side and all these things, um, then she ended up meeting Chad, which was to me was where she, he was pouring gas on top of a fire that was already lit and ready to go. And so I call this a perfect storm. Lori ran into what's called a perfect storm. If you ever seen the movie Perfect Storm with Mark Wahlberg, they're on that ship and the wave flips them over. They hit the perfect storm at the right time. So I think with Lori's case, I think this is we're going to talk about this perfect storm and why Lori, who she was before and, and all these things. And really in 10 podcasts, about a half hour each, we are not going to be able to include everything. This story just has so many twists and turns. And I say layers to an onion. Yes. It just keeps on. You can keep pilling and pilling and pilling. And so Adam and I are also writing a book, um, similar, similar title. We don't know the final title yet. Again, yeah. we're doing this for input, really, for the book so we can get people what they want mm -hmm. to help them try to make sense of this unspeakable tragedy. Yeah, It's tragic for anyone that hears it is offended. It offends our senses and our sensibility. So as we talk, to, talk about victims, of course, Tylee and JJ are victims. Charles, Tammy are victims, and we want to honor them in the podcast, pay tribute to them. There are other victims that are living that are close to the story, but from our consideration, everybody that is scarred by this, who is darn near everybody that hears about it, mm -hmm. it's, it's offensive. It, it, it messes with our mind. Um, in that sense, we might consider everyone a victim. We want any healing that we can offer as family members, we want to offer it. So yeah. that's why we want want everyone's input. Okay, so let's talk about these these six different podcasts that we're going to do. The first one is the one today, and this is our intro, basically, slash what, Lori? Let me mention that there were, I said 10. We are planning to do 10. These are the six that we have titles to. Yeah. And we'll adjust. Maybe even these six will adjust as we go. But yeah. definitely the last three. And then the final one we intend to put out after Lori's sentencing. Okay. So we have six listed. Yep. Sorry, wanted to clear. So we got Lori's change, which we're going to talk about today. Then we got uh, Great Mom to Serial Killer. Then the next one will be... Comedian to assassin. We're talking about my brother Alex, who followed Lori down a rabbit hole. Then we're going to discuss who are Tylee and JJ. And then we're going to do 
the victim list continues with a lot of people. And we might have some guests on that can clarify some of these things when we talk about them. And then the last one that we have planned is called A Tale of Two Cousins. Both cousins were going down the same direction. One cousin went to the right and one cousin went to the left. We're going to find out why that happened. Okay. So those th- that's our podcast for the coming up in the future. Yeah, that last one's intriguing. Basically the same gene pool. Yeah. Similar path, hearing the same things, going to the same meetings. Yeah. Different different results. Yep. And so during our podcast too, we're going to be talking a lot about um you know, decision making, um, your conscience, and things like that, because this is what happened with Lori, and with Alex, and with a lot of people in this story. And the silver lining from that—that's going to be a recurring theme in the podcast. The silver lining from that is, we all go through that process, and we all know that we have a light and dark side. We'll we'll talk more about that later, but um. Every time we face a decision is a time to exercise either light or dark, sometimes a combination of the two. It's a complex world we live in. Mm-hmm. But we want to look at what happened to them and relate it to us, and we hope to do it in a way where it relates to everyone, and everyone can decide for themselves, what can I take out of this? What, what is there about what happened where I can be different? I can make those voices in my head take me the right way. Mm -hmm. So we're hoping people will take silver linings, as you said so well. Um, Everyone's different, so we hope everyone can get out of it what they need because we hope that what we say say is not what's going to teach people, so to speak. We aren't qualified – uh, psychologists, mm-hmm. we may have one on the show later, but we aren't. We aren't right. that. We've never been inside Lori's head. We've never been inside her heart. We can talk about, yeah, she looked like a great mom, and we will talk about that. We don't know what was going on inside or where, where, in her mind, the key trigger points were. Mm-hmm. But we know we all have that path to follow where we have to figure out life and make decisions. Yeah, we're all in the same boat. Everybody's got to make decisions every day. And aren't people concerned? Is is it true for you also? The question I get asked the most is, how could she be that good and go that dark? I relate that particular question to, how can I do the same thing? Not not kill my kids, right. <laughs> but right. how can I, for the things I do wrong, how can I make that transition? It's not as severe, but don't we all have that battle? I think everybody does. Everybody has that. And so with Lori, uh, we are going to talk about Lori's change. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing I want to talk about with Lori, th- from my perspective, me watching, you know, being super close to Lori, spending all of our family vacations, we all did it at Lori's house. It was Lori who always wanted to be, have everybody at her house and plan everything. She always was like that. Always wanted to have a good time, go to Disneyland, take everybody to the beach, all that. I feel like the change started when, and in my opinion, I think everybody needs to have a balance in life. And anytime you go outside of your balance, Bad things can happen. And I equate this to this. 
if you've ever gone to the gym and you see a guy at a gym and he is just rocked, but he's been there for eight hours and he spends eight hours in the gym seven days a week. To me, he's out of balance. Then you go to somebody who will sit on a couch and read a book for eight hours. No exercise, nothing else. Or play video games for eight hours. You're out of balance. Next, with Lori's case, Lori went down a spiritual out of balance. She started going not just to church, doing all of her church callings. She went then went to the temple for four to five hours a day, every day. She got rid of cable TV so she could be more spiritual. She was spiritually out of balance. And I think in life... We got to have a balance of all three things. And when you go out of balance on all of those or one of them, uh, bad things can happen. And so with Lori going down this, this, her own rabbit hole of being very spiritual, she also started reading a bunch of books about the end of the world. Then she also started feeling like since she was going to the temple that she was getting these spiritual experiences and that she could talk to the other side and the other side could talk to her. Um, and so it got to the point where she, in my opinion, I think Lori became prideful. She wanted people to ask her, Hey, what should I do about this? Or who should I talk to about this? You're spiritual. You know, the thing you have things. She, I think she really enjoyed, wanted that attention of being somebody special, somebody different, and because of her overbalanced on her spiritual side, and people noticed that, not just people in my family, but I think friends and people that she came in contact started being more of like paying attention more to Lori about spiritual things. Because then once Lori would talk to you, everything was about spiritual things, where before we would laugh about movie lines, we would talk about sports, you know, just funny and normal day stuff became to a one-sided thing where she was just about spiritual. So while she's in that shape, um, she started reading these books about, you know, the other life. And she started listening to podcasts, Julie Rowe podcasts, started reading Chad Daybell books, all these things. And then she really started to try to push on everybody in the family to start reading books to start uh, listening to podcasts, to go to these meetings, firesides or whatever they want to call them after church or whatever. And so some members of my family went to some of those to learn. And I would never do that because I'm not spending more time at church. Um, (laughs) Three hours or two hours is plenty for me. I'll keep everything in balance. Uh, but some went, and then they said when they went, they didn't hear anything. So during that time, and a lot of people were like, well, who is going to fall for this? I think during those those little meetings that they had, and Chad was a speaker, and there's they had several speakers apparently, that they just talked about you know preparing for the end of the world, prepare the people, or whatever. What's the other one? Vow or... A vow, a voice of warning. A voice of warning. So there's people that started following these things, and Lori got really involved in all that. Well, as she got involved in that and wanted to be important and and wanted attention, I think all three of those things all came into one. There was one time where we were uh, all at 
her house for a family get together. And I remember we were all standing in the kitchen in the living room and the kids are playing and TV's on and there's food everywhere and every group is talking in different groups. And I went to the back and I was standing there and Lori came up to me. And as everything's going on, Lori was very particular at this point in time of who she talked to and what she said to different people. Who could she trust for what she was about to say? And for some reason, she felt comfortable enough, maybe after a long period of time, and a long period of time of me telling her no. Did you read this book, Adam? No, I did not read that book. Did you listen to this podcast? No, I haven't listened to that podcast. And you could tell every time I disappointed her that I didn't read a book or, or, go, or listen to a podcast, I could see that she was frustrated. Because so, you two were close. Yeah, me and Lori were super close. Um, so with all that being said, we're standing in the kitchen, and I think this may be her, maybe this was her last draw to try to draw me into what she wanted. And so because I didn't read any books and because I didn't listen to any podcast, I think she felt that this is, I'm going to just go for it and tell him what's going on. So I was standing there and she said, you know, I'm transitioning into a, um, celestial spirit or a, um, celestial being. A, yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm making a transition right now to being an immortal being. And I thought that, first of all, in my mind, I'm like, gosh, this is not going where I thought this was going. I don't know anybody who's ever in the process of transforming into an immortal being because I think we're all mortal. And then she says, yeah, I don't have to eat anymore. And then she said, and if, if somebody shot a gun at me, the bullet would just go right through me. Nothing would happen. And both of those statements to me were like, what is, where did this come from? First of all, and I didn't even know what to say, so I didn't say anything. And I'm just kind of looking at her, trying to figure out where is this going? And as I was looking at her, she says to me, you think I'm crazy, don't you? And I was like, Lori, I don't know if you're crazy. I just know what you're telling me right now, I know is not true. And um, from that point, she kind of just walked away, which in my opinion, I feel like she shot her last shot with me. And so I think from that moment forward, she knew that I wasn't somebody that she was going to try to get to do these things with the rest of the family, like watching videos and all that stuff. I'll, I'll tell another story, okay. a quick Lori story uh, that precedes that. It's not about... My interaction with Lori, a little bit of it is, but it supports what you're saying about Lori wanted to feel important and wanted to be spiritual. I think she sincerely wanted to be spiritual. Me too. Um, in our family, my mother, who passed away many years ago when I was 18 years old, that's a long time ago. Yeah. Um, she's just, we don't worship her, but we sure honor her and her spirituality. And that the family story I'll share on here is she got a spiritual prompting of the day she would die. She knew which day. And she didn't go um, advertising it, but she told a few people, they said, oh, mom, that's not. And so we didn't know much about that. 
And she met a man she's going to marry for her second marriage, and she shared it with him. He said, well, um, I'd rather be married to you for longer than that. Can't we get an extension or something? <laughs> yeah. She said, I don't know how this works. <laughs> right. Um, but she is a very spiritual person is the point of this. And, yeah. Um, they prayed about it. They got married. And that day came, I remember it because I was a freshman in college, and I got a phone call from her. I won't go into the details here. Um, but anyway, I, th- that stuck in my mind because come to find out later, she was preparing. That was the day before she was supposed to die. She didn't die the next day. I didn't know anything about it, so it didn't phase me. She died exactly one year later to the day. She was healthy. She was happy, went out for a bike ride, had a cerebral hemorrhage and was dead before she hit the ground. And there are so many stories after that that show that, good heavens, someone, you know, whatever power you feel there is, that power was very active in her life. Mm -hmm. And it was characteristic of her life. Very humble. She wasn't flamboyant about it. Uh, But the fact that we revere her in our family, I know Lori... um, course, being in the family, being her grandchild, hears those stories. And um, probably about 10 years ago, I guess, I can't remember the timing, Lori told us in the family, I don't know if you were knew about this, she no. told us, hey, God told me when I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. He told me the day. And we said, okay, well, in our family, we can't really doubt that because we had had that experience with my mother. Right. And none of us doubted my mother. Um Lori was very different than my mother, right? but um, as that came closer, I mentioned it to her a couple of times. She was living in Texas at the time. I was in Texas, and the day of that she was supposed to die, I went over to her house, and she was there doing—she was a hairdresser. She was doing my Aunt Gail's hair. I said, Lori, aren't you, like, supposed to die today? Is this the way you want to spend your last day? She said, yeah, helping other people, serving other people. This is the way I want to spend it. Well, she didn't die at the end of that day, Hmm. by the end of that day, or for many years, still hasn't. (laughs) And according to her, never will (laughs) because she's immortal. But that's, that's what she wanted. She wanted to feel, get that same adoration that her grandmother had mm-hmm. was my, my feeling on that one. I think so. And so with Lori's change, this, this is about how did she change? Why did she change? Um, and what decisions did she do that, you know, had her change? And when it comes to her trying to maybe express herself to us or, try to convince other people so she can feel good about herself or so she can feel powerful. I think power has to be involved in this as well. Um, That, you know, this change was, it it was gradual. Like you see some things, like some people say, was it just overnight? She just went crazy. Cause you hear that from some people. And I don't know if that's true with anybody or if that could even happen. I always feel that there's like a gradual constantly building on the same thing as you're focusing on on whatever you're focusing on as you gradually focus on those things you make steps and decisions going in that direction until i guess you get to the point where you got to make a decision which apparently she met chad and she had to make a decision let me combine that insight with which i agree of course with 
what the prosecution said, their case in the trial. Okay. And they said, this case is about sex, money, and power. And they laid out their, their case following that outline, and it was very well done and I think um, very accurate. So we aren't talking about Lori just being a spiritual being that turned to the wrong spirit. There were definitely human factors to play. So that perfect storm had a lot of sex, money, and power involved in the decisions that they made. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I know that we were talking about, you know, line, as, as things start going in one direction, is there a way to pull back from that? Is it was there any point in Lori's life where she could have just been like, all right, look, you know, it's just not going to happen. Cause when Lori started predicting the end of the world or when she was going to die or whatever she predicted during these four or five years that she was making this gradual transformation, um, anytime you called her out on it, Oh, um, well, no, it's supposed to be next summer or next fall. I never said this. She would try to come back and get out of it or whatever, whatever it was. But um, I, 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 as I'm thinking about her transformation and how she changed, I just start thinking about it had to have been an everyday thing. And then she would, because these are all lies, you're telling one lie to protect another lie to protect another. And you just, the lies ended up just piling up. And then I think that she could forget who she's telling the lies to. So the change in Lori is, well, we're going to talk more about that in the next mm -hmm. episode. We're going to talk about, you know, the different things that happen with Lori. There is so much to talk about, oh, as we gosh. said, as we try to help people unpeel this or peel this onion. Yeah. And we don't have the answers. Let's let's emphasize that one more time. We aren't the experts. We don't have the answers. We haven't been inside her heart um, or her mind. But we want to share whatever insights that they feel, meaning our people that listen to this. Yeah. We want to know what their ins their questions are, so we can address them and help them try to go through the same process we're trying to go through, trying to heal, trying to make sense of it. Um, we want that input not only for the podcast, but to put it in books so other people might might reach that. Yep. Well, we'll see you guys on the next podcast. Make sure you let us know what you want to know about this subject and this deal. We appreciate you guys watching and listening. We'll talk to you next time. This has been Tylee and JJ's Silver Linings Podcast. Your input is helping us make sense of this. We encourage your comments on our Facebook page or email Tylee and JJ Silver Linings at gmail.com.